We talking about sports. Get ball. What it do, baby? Yeah. What it do, you number one podcast listeners? Short hiatus, unintentional, a little under the weather. Things going on, but we're back, baby. The number one podcast in your headphones, Prem Brulee, is back in your headphones. I apologize for the delay, but I'm your host, Premo Bot, and this episode, I'm joined by my big cousin, Roshan Bot. Welcome back, bro. Yes, sir. Good to be back. Let's get yes, this. Yes, sir. Short short hiatus, but I, I'm thinking this one's going to be worth it for you, number one podcast listeners, as always, so um, stay tuned alert. It will definitely be worth it. But first up, let's handle our sponsor this episode is sponsored by sleep battle a boutique photo studio in asbury park new jersey from cinematic stills unique and classic wedding and elopement photos even product or commercial photography like you see for the prem brulee brand sleep battle is a full service studio so visit their instagram or website at sleep battle that's s-l-e-e-p-a-t-t-l-e or sleepbattle.com and treat your eyes to something nice you already know the vibes, number one photographer for the number one podcast in your headphones. Anyway, we are in this now, you number one podcast listeners. Prem brulee, it's going to be spicier than ever. So without further ado, let's get started, Rush. You know the drill. We're going to start with uh, yeah, fam or nah, and I like this word association we've been doing. All right. All right. Um, okay, you, you know what? Screw it. We're going straight to you played yourself. You good with that? <laughs> yeah, fam. Why wait? Um, yeah, you number one podcast listeners probably get the vibe. Uh, you, you without a doubt by now know what happened with the Dallas Cowboys. So <gasps> just a major hint, hint for not too long from now. Just maybe turn down the volume a smidge in preparation <laughs> for that. But let's hit that you played yourself intro. I'm petty as hell. And I'm super petty. Here we Petty, Petty LePew. Go. All right, you number one podcast listeners. I figured little hiatus, we give the people what they want. Let's just skip yeah, fam or not for this edition and go straight to you played yourself. First, you know, it's 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 no coincidence that you took a small hiatus and the second um, the Cowboys game wrapped up, I get a text message and you're like, "Hey man, want to record this week?" Yeah. And I was just like, "Of course, a uh, fucking course." He said, "I said uh, football is dead, <laughs> part four, and you, you knew it was up. It's like sending the bat yeah. signal." So let's yeah, fucking get it. The bot signal. The bot signal. There we go. We're just just a perpetual state of misery on Sundays all across the bot For family. Sure. It's kind of the way. Absolutely. But will we stop watching? Nope. Nope. Okay. First up, before we get to that, um, I did want to talk about this. Uh, you Played Yourself goes to college football regular season importance. So the college football playoffs board of managers unanimous, unanimously voted to – expand the college football playoff to 12 teams um in 2026 and actually they are encouraging their sports commissioners to implement that change by 2024 uh so we could very well see in a couple years it expand to 12 teams and that's the plan no matter what in a few years it is going to be at 12 teams but uh, might be a little sooner than you think um so before i get into the details of why they they played themselves didn't want to give kudos because it's kind of a mixed bag with this college football playoff. So this model grants automatic bids to the six highest 
ranked conference champions. Um, and it gives first round buys to the highest ranked four champions and completes the field with six at large selections. So um, again, those four highest ranked conference champions um, will get a buy into uh, the next round. And then the team seated five through 12 will play games at the higher seed site. So um, the five seed will get to essentially decide whether they want to play in their home stadium. They could choose to pick an indoor venue, for example. Um, Like they were talking hypothetically, you know, Ohio State, if they don't want to play in the elements because it would impact their offense too in the winter, they could maybe decide to hold it where the Big Ten Championships played in Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Stadium, for example. Um, But it would be their choice, the higher-seeded teams. And then uh, the following round would go back into what we're all familiar with it would have the new year's the existing new year's six bowl sites would each host a game basically of more importance um and then two of the bowls would get the semifinal the round after that so kind of similar what everybody was kind of thinking this would um be set up as um so that gets into my point of you played yourself here Based on past years, this means that uh, this will without a doubt put a three-loss team in the college football playoff. Put them square in there. It could be just one team. There might be a year where there aren't any, um, of course, but uh, it's very likely that you'll see at least one three-loss team in there. Um, Because, again, all you need is a conference champion. Um, And if you notice, there were six conference champions. There's only five Power Five conferences, so... That six one could be down as long as they're ranked, they could be put in. They could have three losses, or one of the power fives that wouldn't exactly have been wor- uh, worthy of a college football playoff in the past is going to make it in with potentially three losses. Uh, prime example being last year, uh, the Pac 12s champion was Utah. They had three losses, so they would have gotten into the college football playoff in this twelve team format. Um, this will, without a doubt, also put less weight on regular season losses because. Knowing that there are 12 teams in a playoff, uh, you can afford to lose. You're not out of it. Uh, for example, we're Ohio State fans. They lost twice. They would have been in the college football playoff last year. Um, it wouldn't have been as dire. Obviously, you never want to lose to the team up north. But just knowing that you could still be competing for it all despite a loss to your rival kind of diminishes it a little bit. Of course, the greatest rivalry in sports, you know, Ohio State versus a team up north isn't going to suffer in – anything like that because it's so historic but um you get the vibe that i'm putting out here overall i do love this move um obviously money talks but i would have preferred a six or eight team playoff i think it still would have added a lot of weight to potential losses i also think a casualty of this is potentially that um, teams won't schedule marquee games i think i've seen both sides of the coin they could schedule marquee games because a loss uh, wouldn't devastate their season or they could just say hey, we want to play for the first round by. They're going to put us in if we go undefeated, and they could choose not to. Potentially a lot of things at play. We'll see how it uh, pans out. Uh, but you played yourself no matter what to the regular season importance of the season by expanding this playoff to 12. I know you're a big college football guy. You got anything to add, a little go Cougs? Or? I mean, yeah. I mean, it, I, I'm kind of with you. It kind of takes the weight of the regular season off, and there's just kind of like, eh, who cares? We lose this game. It's not a big deal. And I think you, you lose a lot of that competitive edge in these games too because, like, 
I mean, just look at some of the games that we saw these, you know, past couple weeks. Like, you're not going to, like, UT Alabama, just like, it wouldn't have been as competitive down the stretch because UT is going to be like, well, we can lose this game and still make a run for it by winning the Big 12 or whatever it is, uh, SEC eventually. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So. It's whatever. Um, I'm with you. It should have been eight teams tops. Um, I think 12 is way too much. Um, I mean, you're going to see the the Cougars in there at some point, maybe. So go figure. But who knows? It'll be cool. I mean, they're going to be in. They're going to be in a Power Five conference soon too. So, um, I think a nice part of this is it will be cool to see games at home sites in the opening round. Mm -hmm. Um, So. Basically, Big Ten fans have long awaited getting like an SEC school to have to come up to the Midwest in December and play a game because the off chances that it happens, it's usually the beginning of the year when weather's nice across right. the country. Um, so I think this is going to be really appealing. Like if Ohio State were to be like a five, one of the home sites, you know, five, six, seven, eight, you know, seed. Yeah. I would love for them to still put in the shoe. I think they would because they could pack it with 110,000 where a Lucas oil stadium wouldn't fit that many. Yeah. But on that note, uh, I want to transition a little more to you played yourself. Um, you played yourself goes to Desmond Howard. I think he is, there's some bad ones out there, but I think he is that absolute worst. And I'm using air quotes in this analyst that they're, is to offer regarding college football and especially that ESPN. You know, I don't call for anyone's livelihood, but I seriously don't know how this guy gets to keep his position with his blatant homerism and a sheer lack of awareness. So this man's preseason college football playoff final four was the following teams, Texas A&M, Pitt, (laughs) Baylor, and Michigan. (laughs) Texas A&M was his predicted champion. The champion. They, mind you, they haven't even won their conference, haven't even been to the SEC championship any time. So not one, not, not, one, two, not two, but not three, three of his four, four teams lost in week two of the college football season. And then the fourth is Michigan, who's been playing JV teams from high school. Yeah. And their schedule doesn't get any more difficult. This man picks fucking Michigan every year, every year. And then he has the audacity to get on like, college game day and call out kirk herbstreet for being a homer saying when kirk herbstreet calls him team up north he calls him out on it while this guy with a fucking straight face submits these picks every year for michigan and there have been some years where they weren't even close like in preseason weren't even close so you played yourself goes to desmond howard and the platform he keeps being given it's fucking ridiculous and side note of course he went to team up north so (laughs) of course he'd be like that out of here um okay quickly i want to go over to nba players i know it's off season right now um nba players complaining about their nba 2k rating fam you know you can't all be 99s right like austin rivers calling his rating of a 73 garbage dude you're fucking austin rivers i'm sorry to tell you from the bottom of my heart i'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody like you can't be a 99 you might be a 99 in your head but then all these guys who hate their ratings are like ah game is trash anyway all right (laughs) yeah you sound fucking mature i'm sure i'm sure you think it's trash it has nothing to do with how they rated you like god forbid someone be not be a 99 
I'm of the feeling that I don't think anyone beyond maybe one or two players should be a 99 in the game because that inherently devalues the 99. If, if you're saying 99 is the highest rating, you're essentially calling that player the best. There aren't that many best players. Yeah. So I think it should be used sparingly. And I I usually don't have a problem with the ratings. Like Clay Thompson was unhappy with what he was rated in three-point shooting. Like, yeah, he's fucking good. But you also came off two major injuries. So you're not a 99 shooting the ball. Yeah. Coming off a season where you were just getting back to full time. He was also not that good. What... He was also not as yeah. good as he used to be. I'm not sure what he's yeah. watching. Yeah. And he's still one of the top three-point shooters. Yes. Like Steph Curry. And then there's like a four-way tie for three-point shooting. Like, give me a break, guys. And yeah, now the game's trash because they wronged you somehow. They rated you differently. They adjust their ratings. If you ball out, you go become a higher rating. Yeah. So I don't know what the big fucking issue is. Like Austin Rivers can play as himself and just ball out. It doesn't matter. He can change the sliders on his player and make <laughs> himself a 99. But I guarantee no one's fucking doing that. Nobody cares that he's a fucking 73. You can't all be 99s. Get over it. It's so weird. It's like bozo behavior, man. Like. <laughs> You're not a you're not a 99. How about you're in a video game? Like the e- give me a break. Yeah, the ego is a hell of a drug, man. These guys are like just go play basketball, man. Calm down. It's a video game. Dude, you're making million you're making millions of dollars playing basketball. Like stop worrying about what Ronnie 2K is rating your ass. Like and like the the first one I remember seeing on Twitter was none other than KD. And it's like Bro, you were the only one who didn't win. You're the only star who didn't win a series or didn't even win a game, rather, yeah. in the in the playoffs this year. And you're mad about a 96 he was mad about. He, he was mad about a 96. And it's like, Dude. bro, what are you crying on Twitter about? Like, oh, my God. You guys have to stop being so soft. That is so baby shit. Baby shit soft, <laughs> yeah. exactly. You know how soft that is. I do. Can confirm. <laughs> you know that song. Can confirm. <laughs> you crazy. All right. Let's move over to the NFL. We got a lot to cover here. So first up on you, you on you played yourself. I'm going to let you take this one. I know you, uh, when you and I were talking, you had this one ready to go. All right. Um, first one to the you played yourself stage. Uh, Baker Mayfield, it's your time. I believe he's been been on here before. Um, I would not be surprised oh, he's yeah. been on here multiple times. I know he's been on here at least once. But, um, you know, he's on here for very – I don't know. I, I don't even know what to say about him anymore. He just continuously runs his mouth. And – I know he knows he's not that good. And I, I like I know he knows like when he looks at his peers in the NFL and he sees other quarterbacks and he sees just quarterbacks in his division, he's like the fourth best in his division last year probably. Probably the fourth worst fourth best this year. You know what I mean? And it's just like he got traded for what? Fifth rounder, conditional fifth rounder or something. Yeah. And, you know, obviously his emotions are running high because the week one game is against the Browns and he's just like, you know, I'm going to be off the leash, you know, taking a shady shot at the dog pound. He's like, I'm going to fuck them up, all that stuff. And his stat line is 16 of 27, 235 yards, one touchdown and one interception. And it's just like, 
I, I, you know, Spoiler I, alert, he was not off the leash. He was not off the leash. Uh, I don't think even Matt Roll let him off the leash, and he's Matt Roll is one of the worst coaches in the league right now. Uh, he, I'm not sure how he still has a job. Um, he just doesn't really know. I don't know what his offense does, but uh, granted his kicker blew it at the end, or, you know, like – or not his kicker, but, you know, he got kicked out of the game or whatever it is. But, you know, with this kind of shit talk, you would think he's going to put up Mahomes numbers. You know, when you're like, I'm going to be off the leash. I'm going to fuck them up. Like, bro, you better yeah. be coming. I don't, I don't want to see one number in the INT side of your stat sheet. But yeah. it's, just, it's just Jacoby Brissett numbers. And he was playing on the other side. And he got outplayed by Jacoby Brissett. And I'm just like, come on, man. Yep. Like, you got to stop talking at some point. Just play a game. Play the game and earn a, earn a contract. You're, you're a dude in the NFL yep. who sells tickets. You will get a contract if you just stop talking so much. Yeah, he really does talk like he's one of the best, but he doesn't back it up. And that game was like a full gambit of – it was a pure Baker Mayfield game. <laughs> was, like you saw yeah. him – you saw him score a touchdown. You saw him mishandle snaps. You saw him airmail – a pass that should have been completed for a, ended up being an interception. It's literally the classic Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. performance. Um, and I think it would have broken Brown's hearts if he somehow managed to yeah. be different than that. But it really did prove the Browns right yeah. for letting him go because it was your classic up and down roller coaster. <laughs> and the name of the game is quarterback in the NFL. If you're not going to be dynamic like Mahomes or you know, Rogers or Josh Allen is at least don't make mistakes. Right. And he still does it every time. So his best pass um, was I mean to the opposing player. It's the pretty like it was a yeah, it was a dot to a Browns yeah. player. It was better than <laughs> to the any, safety, yeah. It was better than any pass he made as a Browns player to a Browns player yeah. last year. Yeah. It's like yeah. come on, man. It was like the it was like the quintessential Baker Mayfield performance. Absolutely, Browns fans got to feel good about that because it really would. They wouldn't have heard the end of it if they ended up losing that. I know they won on as like a fifty-eight yard field goal. Yeah, like, I know they won in in dramatic fashion, but um, you know they would have never heard the end of that. So they got to feel good. Like okay, we made the right decision. Mm-hmm. The Browns front office has to feel that way yeah. too. Cause they literally saw him do what he's done for the past four years in Cleveland. <laughs> Next one's near and dear to your heart too. So I'm gonna let you take that one. I want to, I want to backtrack a couple of words It's not very near and dear to my heart, but <laughs> you know, as, as, to be. as a, as a Houston Texans, former on the fence fan, um, there's, there's a part of me every year, right before the season starts, obviously it's been, you know, rough the last couple of years with all the uh, Deshaun shit last year and just having a horrible draft and no draft picks and blah 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 we had a pretty solid draft this year that you know Nick Casario did a pretty good job uh, he hired Lovey Smith after having you know David Cully for one season made him a scapegoat fired him hired Lovey Smith not a great hire to begin with but whatever it is what it is um as as the game is going on, uh, obviously I'm watching. I'm tuned in, um, and you know they're playing really well. The defense is flying all over the field. You see a lot of effort. They're up. Uh, I believe it was twenty to three on the Colts going into the fourth mm-hmm. quarter, and I'm like, damn, okay, they're playing like 
with some with some gumption, you know, with some guts. I was like, all right, that's cool. It's good to see them go out there. I'm trying not to see them win games, mind you. Uh, we have C.J. Stroud, future Houston Texans quarterback, to go draft. So, go you know, I'm trying not to win more than four games. Yeah. This guy, Lovey Smith, uh, blows seven, his team blows a 17-point lead in the quarter. Being a defensive-minded guy, that's strictly on the defense. <laughs> Offense does nothing. And uh, after the game, obviously they tied with the Colts. Um, there was some there was some back and forth about his questionable play calling. They were about at midfield. Uh, it was a fourth and three. Uh, instead of going for it, he decides to punt it. There's less than 30 seconds on the clock. They had a timeout. Um, couple plays you're in field goal range try to kick a field goal and win the game your odds are pretty high you're playing at home you're indoors i, I i'd put my money on kaimi fairburn to make a field goal that's from 50 out this dude punts it or at least if you if you convert it then yeah. if he misses it you tie anyway you tied anyway so you're back where you wanted yeah. to be and after the game yeah. they asked him about this and he was just a quote this is his quote there's a lot of football left to go in the season it's kind of as simple as that i felt like a tie was better than a potential loss defensively we weren't really wow. stopping them an awful lot at the end i don't know about you but i'm pretty sure that coaches aren't supposed to say this. I don't think anyone's supposed to say this at any job they're at. You know, I I yeah. just didn't want to get fired, so I, I figured yeah. I would just be late instead of getting fired. I, I don't know what kind of shit that is. Like, you said that in the presser after your first game as a head coach. Mind you, he had to go coach college. He had to, he, did, he was not in the NFL for some time. He yeah. comes back. This is he his first game Illinois. back. Yeah, first game back. And this is the energy you're bringing into the season? I was like, oh, this is why I hated watching the Texans last year. And we're back at square one. And I truly hope they lose, you know, 15 out of 17 games. So Lovey Smith can also get fired and they can get a real coach. Because that is some crazy bullshit right there. Who plays for a tie? Doesn't, that doesn't spark a lot of confidence in the locker room. Could you imagine hearing that as a player? Yeah. Like, oh, not only are we going to say I'm going to criticize my defense, but... There's a lot of football left to play. And we thought a tie. Never once did he mention winning. He just mentioned a tie. A tie Absolutely. Loss. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, sure enough, he is currently sitting in first place uh, in the AFC South with a 0 0 and 1 record. That's right. I saw <laughs> because, that. Because true. the Jags lost and the Titans blew it. So go figure. So, yeah. Lovey Smith, enjoy your time, and you played yourself. You might not be back here because I might not be watching any more Texans so, games. Because that was enough for me to be like, "Oh fuck, this is why I don't watch this shit anymore." <laughs> he he's just been coaching for so long. He's tired of <laughs> the coach the... speak. So he said, "No thanks. Winning he winning's said, whatever. I'm just playing yeah. to not lose." All right, sick. Yeah, sick. <laughs> if you if you tie every game, at least you didn't lose them. We didn't lose every game. Incredible. Okay, a reverse you played yourself. Um, first up, I'm going to give you the second one. First up, Justin Fields, reverse you played yourself. This man came in. They were home underdogs in a very sloppy field at Soldier Field. By the way, Chicago, just get an indoor stadium. Enough's enough. Like this, You're not proving anything by being out in the elements. Nobody's enjoying that. That field looked awful to play on. They had to superimpose black lines the yard markers because it was so muddy on that field that you it they all got washed away anyway the chicago bears uh beat the 49ers and 
reverse you played yourself my guy justin fields with the one of the coldest football pictures ever that also, pick was by so hard if you saw that, that was one. so hard that flexing in the rain yeah after they won um yeah he was able to beat the team that should have drafted him um if you remember the 49ers traded up uh and that was a year where there were a lot of quarterbacks available a couple years and uh they trade up to the number three pick debating between you know trey lance and justin fields or mac jones they chose trey lance uh justin fields was picked then at 11 chicago trade up and got him so love that for him got revenge on the team that should have taken him um the team i really hoped would take him because they were gonna use him in a creative way for sure i would have loved to use under cal shanahan but you take that dub over the team that passed you up all day so congratulations to see you played yourself our guy Go Bucks, Justin Fields, do his thing, game one, home underdogs, and we got that dub outright. Yeah, that was, um, that's got to be a good ne- feeling. Hell yeah. Next up. Re- reverse you played yourself goes to Patty Mahomes, man. Uh, you know, yeah. this entire offseason, and even some of last year, you know, kind of dating back to those Joe Burrow games, uh, since he beat the Chiefs twice, everyone was like, oh, the Chiefs have been figured out, Patrick Mahomes has been figured out. Um Tyreek Hill gets traded in the offseason. They're like, he has no weapons. He's going to be exposed, blah, blah, blah. What does Patty Mahomes do? He comes out, and he just put numbers on the board, bro. 30 for, 30 for, yeah, 30 for 39, 360 yards, five touchdowns, and zero picks. That is oh. I, like that is a flawless stat. That's a Madden stat line. Uh, reverse... You played you could, yourself, Patty. You could Hills. literally, you could literally like carve off part of his stats, and I would have taken that for the Cowboys' performance. <laughs> you had to throw that in there. Yeah, cut, cut, um, cut the stats little, in half. Just a little warm up. Cut the stats in yeah. half. Give them to Dak, yeah. and I think the Cowboys had a shot. Yeah, go figure. They they probably would have. Yeah, go figure. Yeah, I'm sure Patty Mahomes is on some kind of tear this year. Uh, I know he, you know, he he's online a lot. Like the dude is young. Uh, I'm sure he reads Twitter and has a bunch of shit bookmarked. His and his his brother and <laughs> wife probably tell him. Yeah, so. for sure. And yeah, he he's he's gonna be on some kind of revenge tour this year. I'm looking forward to watching him play. I I agree. I, I'm I'm very impressed and like. The nice thing about him versus we're going to talk about another couple quarterbacks, um, you know, that lost top receivers yeah. and they're in different scenarios. The difference is Mahomes still has someone like Travis Kelsey that he can depend on. Mm-hmm. And also another difference is his team still tried to pick up skill players yeah. that can not fill completely Tyreek Hill, but collectively at least bridge the gap. And his distribution in targets was all across the board you know like i think he targeted juju the most out of the receivers but it was spread out like valdez scantling miko hardman so he's spreading it out and i think it's going to free him up a little you don't have to get tyree kill going it's just going to let mahomes get creative so yeah kudos to him i mean it really seemed like he was out to prove something that first game and it was wild to see so good for him yeah i definitely take part of those stats yeah i'm thinking if we get two of his touchdowns, that's two more than the Cowboys score. Yeah. Hell, we if we just had one of the touchdowns and even like sixty more yards, yeah. I would have taken. Okay. That. Like we don't even need. He can still keep his three hundo game, you know. <laughs> but unfortunately, we don't get that. Um. All right. Uh, Broncos, Broncos country. country. Let's, Let's ride. ride. Broncos country. 
Let's rock. Um, next up, you played yourself to uh, Sierra's husband, Russell Wilson. Yes. Um, this man lost his opening game to his former team um, in Seattle. They lost 17 to 16. Um, worth noting, the team did have some weird clock management. So bonus, you played yourself to their new head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. Um, but they didn't give their $240 million quarterback the ball on a couple goal line situations. They had their two running backs fumble at the goal line. I think I heard that it's the first time that a team has had two fumbles inside like the one yard line in a game ever. Um, so that's less than ideal. Um, it's ironic because, you know, Russell Wilson's most famous like goal line play was they passed instead of ran. Here they ran instead of pass, <laughs> and it none of them worked out. That's a lot of irony um, for him, yeah. Yeah, uh, and then they had that weird last drive where they they had like a – it was a third and 14. Russell Wilson dumps it to Javante Williams. He gets a good gain, a nine. So they have fourth and five from – it's around like the 40-yard line. So your 46-yard line, yeah. I believe in seattle territory instead of like they had three timeouts instead of calling a timeout to dial up a play um instead of trying to simulate a quick count to maybe get a penalty and a quick first down um instead of just hurrying up and running a play they do none of those let the clock run and then use a timeout and decide to trot out their field goal kicker for 64 yarder acting as if 64 yarders yards is a chip shot um and the kicker ended up missing it. it. Had distance, but went a little left. That happens when you're kicking 64 yard field yeah. goal. Um, just a weird, weird game for them. Like not trusting the quarterback they just invested and in, paid a shit ton for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, you kind of love to see it because the Seahawks got their revenge. I, th- I think uh, people aren't talking, but it seems like you get the vibe around the Seahawks that uh, Russell Wilson created quite a like a contentious relationship yeah. towards the end so um you know it's nice for them nice for geno smith geno smith had an all-time quote you know the folks you said had written you off maybe what did they say to them yeah they wrote me off i ain't right back though that's the problem that's pretty I ain't right back. That's, fucking mic drop. that's bars right there that is bars we need, like, we need, right we need to put we need to put that funk flex that's called that's motherfucking cool, bars motherfucking right there yeah <laughs> you don't know anyway. nothing about that yeah that was hard <laughs> And, I mean, with Russell yeah. Wilson, it's just, like, all that, all, you know, all those articles that came out after the fact that he got traded and, like, all that diva shit that he was doing and he wants to be MVP caliber and he's in basically a power struggle with Pete Carroll or whatever it is and he's done, you know, tired of scrambling and you kind of saw that in the yeah. game plan. Like, he was, like, almost doubling down. He's, like, he had room to run. He wasn't running. And he's, like, no, I'm going to stand in this pocket and force passes and do, do all this stuff. And... It was just a weird game. Like, he looked kind of shaky. I don't think he's made for that kind of smoke, uh, personally. Yeah. He just seems kind of like a little too, you know, faith in football for me. Um, yeah. And even, like, the coach ran it back. I was. I feel like it's going to bother him that people booed him, too. Yeah. Like, he seems like the type of person that it would bother. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm kind of torn on that because it's like without Russ – that franchise is not what that franchise is in the last yeah, he's he's their all-time greatest quarterback right, without a doubt right like, you look back on it and it's like it's not matt hasselback yeah I don't know, and, you, and you know, granted like, they got they got a lot of a lot of run from that from an elite defense for so long yeah. i mean and their super bowl championship 
was pretty much strictly because of the defense. Uh, Russell Wilson game managed that team to a championship for yeah. sure. But like the relevance that Seattle's had since then has been all Russ. So it does suck that they yeah. booed him. But kind of, I don't know if you saw after the game, like there were no Seattle players like trying to dap him up and do all that stuff. Like yeah. he, he, I think he burned his bridges when he left, which is yeah. weird to see because he seems like the opposite kind of guy. He yeah, just he does, seems like a company man. Yeah, go it, Hawks. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and I just don't really see like I don't think he understood the weight of like everything that he's done. But uh, I mean, he made his bed, so go play with the Broncos. And you, he, that team is pretty stacked, man. Like I was thinking yeah. about it while he was playing. I was like, they got tight ends, they got hella receivers, they got elite defense, they got two running backs. He should be slinging the ball yeah. like crazy. No doubt. But yeah. That was probably a tough game for him, but uh, still, you yeah, played yourself. We, you did. You did play yourself. We're not like overacting. The Broncos aren't like football isn't dead for Broncos fans. You <laughs> yeah. know, like it's gonna be all right. But it kind of does suck to not win that game. Yeah, for his sake. Yeah, but Seattle's loving it. I don't, and I necessarily don't have a problem with you booing him. I think after the fact, you get his curtain call. You know, like his number will get retired. Whatever, that'll be their chance to yeah. cheer him. But right now, the wounds to to fresh if fans can't boo a player like and keep it on the field that's literally all we ever ask fans to do for sure it's when they cross that line and it goes beyond that that we have a problem so i don't have a problem with them booing him especially like how unceremoniously he left yeah that franchise and um i will say seattle's partly culpable i know he had a no trade clause but they did try to trade him a couple times they did but then he did that like weird shit where he's like I'm not asking for a trade, but if I were, these were the teams I would waive my no trade club. Remember yeah. all that? Like, it felt like two or three years worth of that stuff. Yeah. So it was like, um, it's nice to like close that book. But yeah, if you do that, you're at the mercy of the fans. Yeah. They can boo you if you want. For yeah, sure. you want a Super Bowl? Probably should have won another one. Yeah. Um, Marshawn Lynch run away from having two of them, but you know this is their time to boo. And yeah. Let them live. And bonus, you played yourself to their coach, Nathaniel Hackett. He uh, was yeah. in the news. Yeah, maybe we should have gone for it. And it's like, dude, you do not want to hear a new coach say yeah. shit like this. Just keep your damn mouth he, shut and go win the next game. Just shut the it's hell cause up. His, it's because his dumbass made no sense. After the game, they asked him about his decision-making. You're putting the hands on the guy you paid a whole shit ton of money. Yep. You're counting on him. He's likely going to get that fourth and five. Yeah. I mean, the way he was moving the ball... It, and Javante Williams is like running people over. Yeah, they that was pretty clean. They could have done like a pick play, and he would have ran somebody over for five yards. Yeah. So I think he got caught. Like it was probably like a nice crash course because after the game, he made no sense. Is like, well, we felt better about the chances of winning with the field goal. I'm like, yeah, you, but you lost for not. It says welcome to the yeah. NFL moment. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Yeah, but definitely you played yourself, <laughs> Nathaniel Hackett. I'm sure he won't make that mistake again. No. Okay, you played yourself. Green Bay Packers, we had to do it. Um, I know they they have a feature. You know, you played yourself Hall of Fame member Aaron Rodgers. Um, but this one's for the team. No Devontae Adams. But instead of surrounding your franchise quarterback with talent, you decide, here's a bunch of washed wide receiver twos and wide, wide receiver threes and a rookie second rounder. Go for it. And there you have the result of them losing handedly to the Vikings 23-7 to in the opening week. Their defense couldn't even really stop the Vikings. Justin Jefferson went off. I think he had uh, 
one of the best, if if not the best, fantasy performance. That um, guy had a buck fifty at halftime, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, yep. Definitely, you played yourself to them. Yeah. Um, a word on the street is they tried to trade up for the receivers, but if you remember, there was a run on them. And I think it was like Jahan Dotson, who, by the way, had a great first game, and Traylon Burks went to the Titans. So there was kind of a run on them, and they found themselves like not able to take one, but you could have traded up sooner and gotten a receiver, no doubt. Um, you got any bonus ones for me, man? Um, no, Bef- I, th- I think I think it's uh, my blood pressure. Yeah, I think it's uh, go ahead and take a sip of water, take a deep breath, and I think yeah. we're all ready for the headliner. <laughs> Yeah, I know why you guys came here. Um, let me let me uh, let me let me tee it up for you. Um, okay. You know, it's the off season. You know, every everything's going, uh, you know, a little little shaky. But you know, you're a diehard fan. You're a diehard Cowboys fan. Anytime, mm-hmm. you know, the season's about to start. You know, you're ready to watch your team play. You guys have a, a, a of course. You know, it's the Dallas Cowboys, one of the most premier teams in the league. Uh, you know, worth the most money on Forbes list. Um, Etc. Etc. You got a Sunday night football game against Tom Brady, one of the greatest players of all time. You know your defense stepped up last year, played really great. Um, You know you're excited to watch the game, and now you have it. Your 2022 Dallas Cowboys week one in the bag. How do you feel? Oh my fucking god! You number one podcast listeners, Um, listen. You'd see the title of this episode: "Football is dead," and it's never been dead this soon. First, you know, Dallas Cowboys, bring your dumb asses to the front of the congregation of the You, you Played Yourself, the church of You Played Yourself. <laughs> first, let's go Let's go down the list first, okay? Uh, first, the performance. We're going to talk about the performance, the fucking abysmal performance. Um, so even before Dak Prescott got hurt, they looked like absolute fucking garbage. Just absolute garbage. Um, fun fact... The Cowboys were the only team in week one to not score a touchdown. By fun fact, I mean football is dead fact, of course, (laughs) because, yeah, just fucking put me out of my misery. What's everybody doing on Sundays? Because my fall just opened wide the fuck up all of a sudden. First weekend, not even past September. Uh, My schedule is wide the fuck open, everybody. So business is open because God knows I'm not watching this sorry-ass excuse for a team that's about to trot out here. I seriously don't know how you work all offseason and think this offense was going to be enough. I could tell you from my computer chair, every fan could tell you from their behind their keyboards that this roster wasn't going to work. And time in... Time and time again, we were made to feel stupid or that we were being ridiculous for panicking this early. Well, one fucking week into the season, we look damn fucking right over the people that work in the fucking building. How's that sound? A point for couch coaches everywhere because somehow the stupid Jones family didn't see what's right in front of their face. Somehow... Dumbass Mike McCarthy, who's turning into quite the fucking clapper himself like Jason Garrett. Just a fucking dumbass-looking cheerleader out there. At least Jason Garrett was enthusiastic. Mike McCarthy has a stupid look on his face at all times, just clapping like a fucking one of those little monkeys with the symbols on it like a fucking idiot not doing a goddamn thing. He can't even manage the clock last year. Here we are with this sorry-ass roster. Another thing. Okay, number one podcast listeners, why can 
every team with the wide receiver one scheme their guy open except for the Dallas Cowboys. How does Kellen Moore render himself useless in putting his skill players in positions to win? Every single game I see it. What is the game plan against the Vikings? Stop Justin Jefferson. What the fuck did he do? Brand new coach figures out how to get Justin Jefferson the ball, and he has 150 receiving yards at half. How does that happen? The Packers know that the ball wants to go to him, yet somehow the Vikings managed. Then you have Devontae Adams. First use on the Packers, gets force-fed the ball. You know it's going to him. Aaron Rodgers somehow, somehow, some fucking how, found a way to get the ball to his best player, right? Oh, Oh, Devontae Adams switched teams. Brand new to the Raiders, right? Uh, he must have struggled in his first game. No, he finds plenty of production in Las Vegas. New team. Somehow, a brand new fucking team who didn't know Devontae Adams figured out how to get him the ball. So then you turn around. The Cowboys had a wide receiver one Amari Cooper. You ask, where is he now? He's in Cleveland. Oh, what'd you get for him? Not a goddamn thing. Maybe a fifth rounder. I don't even remember at this point. It's not going to make any impact. And then you say, okay, we're going to put our faith in our first round pick, C.D. Lamb, right? He is so talented. Love him, right? Got the got the little sweet first down signal sniffs under his nose, right? Um, the problem is that he can't get the fucking ball to even convert a first down. Hmm. How does that happen? How does every fucking team get their guys the ball? How? Why is it so fucking hard for Kellen Moore to scheme his guys open? Everybody's figuring out. Use a fucking tape from any fucking team in the league. Any team. Any fucking team. Michael Thomas was out for a fucking whole season. He comes back to scores two touchdowns with a brand new quarterback. How does that fucking happen? Why can you not get the ball to C.D. Lamb? I don't care if you put him in the backfield and hand him the ball. Get the ball to your best players. I'm tired of him. He's throwing to some fucking no-name guys. Some fucking no-name guys. And the guy we get touted all offseason, Jalen Tolbert, they spend a third-round pick on him. What's he doing? He's fucking inactive. Are you kidding me? Tony Pollard, right? All these Cowboys fans, you know. They want to tell me he's the answer at running back, right? Like Zeke's washed. What did they do? They put Tony Pollard in on third downs. That man couldn't find a fucking block to save his life to help out Dak Prescott, right? He missed blocks left and right. Just, I tried to tell you guys, Tony Pollard's good, but he's not the answer for an every down back. He needs to be a tandem. That's how he works the best, and he proved it. I don't know what the Cowboys were thinking. They put him in pass protection instead of arguably... The best pass protecting running back I've seen with my two eyes. Zeke has put people on the floor. He's so good at blocking. He's done it since college. He takes great pride in it. But a supposedly healthy Zeke couldn't get in on third down for to help out Dak Prescott. Who knows? Maybe Dak Prescott wouldn't be hurt if they had a running back helping him out and getting that last block instead of him hitting a few hands and helmets. And now he's out, right? Cowboys fans, start the fucking mock drafts now and someone get me Jackson Smith and Jigba photoshopped in a Cowboys uniform. That's where I'm at. I've I've never done this sooner. I think this is the earliest since um, 2015. 
that was the season Tony Romo broke his collarbone twice. The first time he broke it, I think that was the earliest I've looked at mock drafts. Just knowing a season's over, then he came back. They were still in contention. It was like week two or again. three, right? When he got hurt. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm on mock drafts pretty much already. And God forbid, Cowboys fans, don't tell yourself that they need to trade for a quarterback. This roster is not good enough. It's just not. We watched all offseason teams that were contenders get even better. People added new free agents. They wanted to get better. The Raiders added Devontae Adams. The Chiefs, despite losing Tyreek Hill, tried to do their best adding to their receiver position. You saw the Chargers re-sign Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson. The Bills went and got Von Miller. The Rams, despite losing OBJ, went and signed Allen Robinson to try to give Cooper Cup some help. Every contending team went out and tried to do something. The Tampa Bay Bucks, they got Tom Brady back, and yet they still said, you know what, we were thin at receiver. Let's go get fucking Julio Jones and add Russell Gage to our already stacked wide receiver room. Let's do that. Why not? Julio Let's, Jones was sitting oh, on lost, his couch. He was there Sitting for the on tape. his couch. Yeah. Just sitting there. And the... Dallas Cowboys front office tried to fix their mouth and tell us we're trying to contend while they knowingly got worse at multiple position groups. Let's think about it. I've already talked about this. They let Lyle Collins walk for nothing. He's on the Bengals now. They let they traded Amari Cooper for pennies, especially given what other receivers were traded for and the value they got. Amari Cooper is a hell of a route runner. We talked about this before. He is at least elite at route running, and that puts him above the rest. And you're seeing the impact of how C.D. Lamb is as a wide receiver one so far. It's just not working well enough. Maybe it will get better. I hope it does. But I'm not holding my breath. Then they fucked around with Randy Gregory, and he went to the aforementioned uh, Broncos. So his ass is gone. Oh, but okay, we lost Randy Gregory. Von Miller comes out as a free agent and says, I'd love to play for the Cowboys. Easy, right? Just go get him, offer him something fair. He's a Texas boy, too. Texas boy wanted to play for the Cowboys. Couldn't even offer him something fair. Where does he end up? On the fucking Bills. And um, how did he do on their opening Thursday night? He absolutely wreaked havoc. And his absence on the other side for the Rams directly impacted their ability to get after the quarterback. Yes. I mean, how, how could any Cowboys fan not want to hit the panic button throughout this whole time? We all saw it. Tried to tell us your contenders while you knowingly got worse at some key positions. And then, on top of that, more to the offensive line. So, Tyron Smith gets hurt. What's new for my guy? I mean, it really is time to hang it up. I love Tyron Smith. He's been amazing. He was uh anchor for this line. He was he first represented the switchover from the Cowboys offensive line getting dominant. They used the top ten pick on him. He's been amazing but this man has not been fully healthy since 2015 2015 yeah it's crazy so Tyron Smith gets hurt you would think like since he's been hurt every year since 2015 you would have a contingency plan a new guy in place oh so they drafted this rookie with their first round pick Tyler Smith because they see him as a future what do they do with him this man played mostly right tackle in college and all offseason they had been playing him at left guard not even giving him reps as a backup left tackle. 
Then Tyron Smith, of course, inevitably gets hurt. So what's their solution? The guy hasn't taken snaps, so oh, let's scramble to put him at left tackle. He did he did just fine, by the way, in his opening game. Great. Not an indictment on him. He did what he was told to do. But then you let Lyle Collins go, like I said, in favor of guy Terrence Steele. Did great last year. This man had four penalties by himself. False start after false start. Just out there proving that the Cowboys got didn't improve anything in discipline, despite what Mike McCarthy's dumbass tried to tell us that they were working on. Just imagine thinking this was the year for a lineman, again, who hasn't been healthy since 2015, that he was magically going to stay healthy as he gets year after year older. You think he's going to get healthier after his body's been through so much? And then just flat out not addressing the contingency plan, not seeing the writing on the wall that everybody could see. Let's get a left tackle stalwart. Let's go find somebody. No. You count on this hypothetical situation that never fucking happened. Tyron Smith's staying healthy, and that's what you roll with. I mean, it's just, it's honestly dumbfounding, and it's insulting to fans that you would try to tell us that you're trying to win. You know, you set this up perfectly. They're on the um, most valuable franchise list every year. I think Jerry Jones is just happy with that crown because all that man cares about is making money. He clearly doesn't give a shit about winning because if he did... He'd make more moves than re-signing their injured wide receiver, Michael Gallup, letting key players walk, and then signing James Washington to like a sub-million dollar contract who, surprise, surprise, is also hurt right now. You know, Jerry Jones repeatedly also, and, and this puts a fucking shit bow on everything, right? Jerry Jones repeatedly talks about not being able to afford other players because of Dak's contract. You know, they paid the quarterback. He said in the press, you know, that's what happens when you pay the quarterback. You can't afford to pay other people. Oh, so how are Kansas City and Buffalo managed? Um, let's take Buffalo. Uh, they paid Josh Allen $258 million. Um, then they still signed the guy who you should have signed in Von Miller and had money to pay their star wide receiver number one, Stefan Diggs. How did they manage? How are you not managing, but all these other teams are managing? Maybe the answer is that you're not fucking good at your job. <laughs> How about that? Maybe that's what it is. You know, I'm fucking sick and tired of being a Cowboys fan. I've said this, I think, on this podcast. Like, imagine me saying this. I seriously want my son Barrett to pick his own favorite NFL team. This life as a Cowboys fan is fucking miserable. We have to have smoke blown up our ass like this every year while they tell us, yeah, you know, we're making improvements. The goal is the Super Bowl. While they knowingly got worse, they did nothing to address their glaring problems. And then they want to turn their franchise quarterback into the scapegoat just for getting the money he deserves. Oh, by the way, he should have got paid sooner, and then you would have had more money. Oh, by the way, you overpaid your running back to a gaudy number. His his dead cap money is ridiculous. It's like twice as much as the next guy in the NFL. And somehow you want to blame these people for accepting the money you're dishing out and you not being able to figure out a way to improve your team despite all these other ones figuring it out. I despise the Jones family so much. They are the bane of my existence. This Cowboys team is a fucking joke. 
and the idea that you were trying to get fans hopes up we saw right fucking through it and you trotted this sorry ass team out there with no offensive production and you're gonna waste great years of a defense unanimous defensive rookie of the year and runner up for defensive player of the year Micah Parsons is just gonna be out there balling for a team that doesn't fucking deserve him Dak Prescott doesn't fucking deserve this team doesn't fucking deserve this front office I fucking hate this family that runs the team they're running it into the ground all they care about is making fucking money and they're fucking great at it but they don't know how to fucking win and anybody that knows anything about the Cowboys Jerry Jones bought the team yeah they won Super Bowls after it but he did not he was not responsible for that amazing roster he was a benefit of that and that's what he's hanging on to as if he's some fucking successful front office executive and here we have the fucking proof me saying football is dead after one (laughs) week of sorry ass stupid football i really waited all fucking day to watch that sorry product on the field every dumbass team found a way to score a touchdown the worst of the worst and you're sitting here, it's not hyperbole to say that was the worst performance in the entire league. And that's fucking embarrassing for a team that was just the highest scoring team in the league, made the playoffs last year, and had such a great roster full of talent. And they decided not to run it back, but actively get worse. And then try to act like we didn't see right through them. I fucking hate hate this team i despise being a cowboys fan i fucking hate it this team fucking blows and i just hope that the rest of the players stay healthy because they don't deserve to get hurt like dak does and i hope to god they don't subject another quarterback to this shit just let the season ride out into oblivion because this team fucking sucks and i'd rather have the top 10 pick because at least their draft department is solid and they'll get some good players that they can't mess up for another four or five years at least. And then it'll start that cycle fucking over again where they waste this talent and let the good ones go, sign the weird ones, and try to tell us that this is a contending team because it's fucking not. This team fucking blows. The front office blows worse and I'm the fucking clown that sits there and watches it every year. <laughs> I don't know which one's worse, but fuck this team. Fuck this season. Football is dead. Who wants to do something on a fucking Sunday? Thank you. That was very good. Now, I am going to rub salt in your wounds because there's a few points I want to make, too. Because it's just, it's it's so weird to see a playoff team come out with that performance. And, you know, like, teams lay eggs all the time. They have duds, like Green Bay, perfect example. There's no way they're going to suck all year. It's Aaron Rodgers. People are, are can write what they want about Aaron Rodgers. He's going to ball out at some point. Uh, they are not going to suck. They'll probably still make the playoffs. That division is not that good. Yep. But it's weird to see a playoff team put up that performance and then have a consensus reaction from pretty much analysts, fans, everybody being like, yeah, Cowboys are going to be in the in the top five pick. If they can, yep. like, if if Dak doesn't come back, and that's another thing, Jerry Jones is like on on the news, being like obviously wanting more headlines, being like Dak's going to be back in four weeks. They're wa- they're wasting that roster spot. Giving false hope. Yeah, roster spot. They could bring in someone else. Poor fucking Cooper Rush is going to go out there, get fucking you know blindsided all the time. 
Um, yep. And it's it's crazy. Like, <laughs> I liked uh, when we were talking to our cousin Sonny, he's like, the Super Bowl for the the Jones family is the Forbes list every year. And I was like, that's, yep. you nailed it. That's it. Yep. And, that's all they care about. Yeah, and I was curious, uh, just thinking of that, I was like, I wonder what Cowboys fans are thinking other than you. Uh, so I got curious, and I was like, "What?" Are, I was looking at their schedule to see what their bye week was. It's week nine. But I was also, when I looked it up, it shows me the ticket prices on the side. Every single home game is available right now for under 60 bucks. just for the record. $60. And, and, and you have away games against the Rams starting at 190 Away games at Eagles starting at 175 at Green Bay Packers starting at 275 like they're a hot ticket that's just not in Dallas that's because you built this fucking sorry ass product and people enjoy seeing you lose yeah and that's what you've created you've created yeah. this like false empire that isn't an empire it's an empire of absolute dog shit clown school and people enjoy seeing you yeah people enjoy seeing you fucking lose yeah and part of that is this stupid ass family that trots out and tries to convince us that they're somehow going to win this year when they get fucking worse year in year out. I just, I want to know what it's like. I want to know what it's like to know my favorite NFL team has a legitimate chance at success. The Cowboys are absolutely allergic to uh, prosperity. I talked about this before. <laughs> After their playoff loss, there, um, there's something higher at stake, and it sounds stupid, but the only answer I have is, is that the, the common denominator is the Jones family. Absolutely allergic to prosperity, that entire franchise. Yeah. But the difference with this roster this year is that they don't even need to mess up here. They, it's over before it even began. Yeah. They can't even choke anything away because it's already done. The yeah. fork is in them. Like, it's already there. Completely. No shit after week one and that's saying a lot there's a lot of factors at play to to consider a team doa after week one and they managed to do it they were successful at that to absolutely shatter my hope for a season in one week that's record time for the jones family so kudos to them yeah you know i just i really want to know what it's like to think my nfl team has a legitimate chance like you know, what is it like, Tom Brady fans? Or <laughs> Buffalo Bills fans? Or all three of you LA Rams fans? Like, yeah. What is that like to know your team is actually trying to do everything to win um, and not actively trying to fuck with your psyche and your mental health every week and try to get you to tune into a sorry-ass product? I just, I want to experience it once, um, and I don't think it's going to happen in my lifetime, so, I don't either. you know... Maybe you number one podcast listeners that are fans of actually um, competent teams can uh, let me know how it feels. I'll live vicariously through you. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, back to your your son Barrett. Uh, I, I would I would too like him to choose a team of his own yeah. because as parents, the thing we need to do is to break generational trauma and generational curses. Yeah, and You're right. y your dad has, unbeknownst to him put a lifetime of curses upon you by making yep. you a Dallas Cowboys fan. Um, yeah. Yeah. My dad so, got to experience those Super Bowls. Yeah. You know? He was there. He was living he enjoyed in Texas it. during those. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, with our yeah. uncle, also a big um, – my dad was a Cowboys fan, you know? So yeah. it's like 
obviously when Houston. I, I, yeah. I wonder. I, also, I wonder what caused them to leave the Cowboys fanhood. I know it wasn't just Houston having a team. Uh, maybe it had to do with uh, one fucking Jerry Jones. <laughs> yeah. Just I mean, like every other fan that used to be a fan of the Cowboys. No doubt. The one line of demarcation was when Jones took over the team. Yeah, um, I, de- I, definitely pro- I definitely propose you guys uh, make yourselves free agents and make things work out for yourself because this is it's hard to watch. <laughs> yep. Good for entertainment. Hopefully you enjoyed that. You never won podcast. I did. I do it for you. I did. Yeah. Okay. Now let's move on to who you got and what you feeling, man, uh, now that I let my blood pressure return to normal. Um, so last couple episodes, we did uh, talk about a few things. One of them, uh, a couple episodes ago, we talked about where Kevin Durant would play for next season. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously we have a result because uh, they worked out their issues. Uh, kind of lame after all that drama that um, we have an anticlimactic uh King Snake Kevin Durant's just back on the Nets or, you know, nickname to be determined. So he's back on the Nets. I think we all kind of talked about that as an option because yeah. it's going to be hard to move him. Um, so wanted to put a bow on that. We did a contender and pretender and MLB version. Yeah, you know, I'm superstitious, so we don't want to update that just yet. We'll wait till the playoffs and see what goes down. <laughs> but um, There's some interesting teams that are kind of faltering that you know you and i both love to see that happen too i'm not very superstitious anymore the yankees lose lose. fuck that man okay this week i liked your idea you you thought of the thought this one up so i thought it'd be a fun uh fun game to play i wanted to um keep up with our theme uh of this episode football's dead so i'm gonna give you a few scenarios all right and you tell me for them if football is dead or it's not dead, um, basically, like, should you be worried or not? Um, okay. So first up, and this is all after week one performances. All right. First up, Joe Burrow's turnover. Joe Burrow, go Bucks, um, <laughs> had four interceptions. He fumbled twice, lost one, um, and despite having 338 yards passing, he had just a 42.1 QB rate. Is football dead? If football is dead or not dead? For Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Uh, I think football is not dead for Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Um, yeah, I think they're I feeling a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover. It's usually a thing. Yeah. Uh, we'll say that's a thing. They also played a very stout defense. Um, yep. Yeah. I, I, Joe Shiesty, man, he's going to come back. He'll be fine. Uh, I don't see yep, it. I uh, in fact, they're playing the Cowboys this week, so they'll be one and one. Yeah. It should be, should be a nice tune up tune up game for yeah. them and the boys. They'll be all right. Um, yeah, I think. I mean, they still had a chance to win that game despite all those turnovers. Yeah, he had wild, five so. turnovers yeah. and they had two chances to actually put the game away. They should have won that game. The yeah. kicker blew they, it. So, yeah, uh, worth noting. I think their their long snapper got hurt right before right. the game. Um, so that was definitely a factor for them. Yeah. Um, okay. Next one. Football's dead. We're not dead. Rams, they were blown out on opening night, thirty-one to ten. Do they potentially have second wide receiver issues? Allen Robinson didn't seem like he's on the same page with Stafford yet. Um, their running back production was weird. Cam Akers didn't play till the second quarter, despite him being touted as the guy. Um, McVay had kind of like called him out publicly something to do with his effort no von miller was definitely felt like we talked about earlier um you didn't hear aaron donald's name called as much and i think that's the direct result of 
um, not having complimentary defense alignment. Yeah. Um, and Jalen Ramsey had, I, I'm pretty sure this is the case. He had the worst game of his career. Uh, he got cooked all game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. I ain't gonna lie, I'm getting cooked. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't look like him. It looked like the monster stole his talent. <laughs> so, um, football's dead or not dead? Rams. Uh, Rams, I think football's dead for them. Uh, I think they're. Really? Yes. I think their issues um, are are bigger than they seem. Uh, the second wide receiver, I don't think Allen Robinson is that good. I don't think he was going to feel anything. But more importantly, yeah. if Stafford's elbow was really bothering him, that's not going to go away anytime soon. Um, yeah. Their running backs are less than favorable. Their defense is not going to be as good. Uh, Jalen Ramsey will be fine. Um, Aaron Donald will be fine. But I think yeah. a lot of uh, one of the biggest reasons Aaron Donald came back was because of that paycheck they gave him. So I, I yeah. don't. I don't. Th- I know he couldn't leave that money on the table. I know he wanted to retire. But I think now that he's back, he's going to be like, "Fuck, man! I can't believe I have to pay play and put my body through this hell." Um, I think they'll win about, like, nine games maybe. I don't think they're going to win the division, though. I think that division is still wow. going to be uh, San Francisco or Arizona. Hot take alert. Um, I'm going to say alert. not dead for the Rams. Uh, All right. Yeah. I'm going to say not dead. At least not yet. Um, okay. I want to see another game. I, I think the the Bills are on a tear, and they very well are potentially the best team in the NFL, or right. arguably at least. I think they got a major chip on their shoulder after that, you know, that loss in the playoffs yeah, that so, was a big one um yeah i think it was definitely something to prove and the bills have like i mean they already had a great roster and improved it so they're stacked yeah it's like anyway and my rams um, being dead uh, is definitely contingent on one thing mainly is stafford's elbow like that team is gonna go where right. stafford goes totally yeah yeah of course i agree with you there um football's dead or not dead i, I you know i think we already answer this definitively but the Cowboys were blown out 19-3 um worth noting I did want to give props the defense did force five field goals uh Ryan Suckup made four out of the five um Micah Parsons had two sacks I think he's the quickest to 15 sacks in NFL history you know I already went over their you know their bevy of issues uh Dax Hurt Gallup and James Washington are still weeks away so the wide receiver get any better um I think you're probably in agreement here. Football's dead, yeah. Yeah, it's they got a they played Tom Brady on like a D minus game and they got blown out. So I don't think it's yeah. gonna get any better. I mean, uh, Cooper Rush is the quarterback oh! for the time being. Cooper Rush, unless he's uh, unless he's elite, which he's not, um, I think they're cooked for sure. Luckily, they play in a very shitty division. So depending on how good or bad the eagles are i i i know a lot of people are very high on them um i think they're still yeah whatever yeah, I, I think the eagles are going to win this division yeah um, it's their it's their division all, win for sure yeah all other all the other three nfc east teams did win in week one um, yeah or, next up uh we talked about them earlier uh football's dead or not dead the packers they were blown out 23 to 7 they clearly have no wide receiver one like we talked about. Um, Rodgers definitely looked off. He was missing throws. And um, their stalwart defense that's supposed to carry them a little is, didn't look great, obviously. Um, I'm going to lead this one off. I'm going to say uh, not dead. And part of my reason is uh, last year, if you remember, week one, they got blown out too. <laughs> so I want to wait and see with them. I, I don't think they're dead. Um, I think that division is wide open. I know you're not high on the division, but um, I do think that 
uh, division is going to be much improved. You already saw the Bears win. The Lions actually put up a lot of points. Yeah, They're I saw that. Literally, Jared Goff picked six away from um, upsetting the Eagles. Um, and the Vikings under Kevin O'Connell looked great. You know, yeah. they got their best guy the ball. Uh, I think it's going to create a lot of open spaces and open free-running receivers. So um, we'll see if even Kirk Cousins can't mess that up. Uh, so <laughs> I'm going to say not dead yet, uh, but – you know, they do need to make some improvements, figure things out with their receiver. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, I, I think I'm tired of being made a fool by Aaron Rodgers every year, uh, counting him out within the first three weeks. Unfortunately, you played give, yourself Hall of Famer. Yeah, I don't want to give him that uh, ben- beneficial attitude anymore. I don't want to see him win above me. Uh, I want to I want to like support him and then see him fail. So I'm going to go with that. I'm going to be like Aaron Rodgers will be back. Uh, I think he's he's still elite. He proved it last year. Uh, I don't think they're going to be bad. And I, like while I don't think the division is too bad, um, it, it's not it's better than last year for sure. But I don't think uh, yeah. Chicago and Detroit are any real threats to win that division. But I do think both I think it's, Vikings it's and the Packers will be in the in the playoffs this year. Okay, and last but not least, um, the New York Giants. Uh, they won a very dramatic game. Um, their new head coach Brian Dable uh, went for the two point conversion to win the game against the uh, against the Titans. They won twenty one to twenty. The Giants were down thirteen to nothing at half. Uh, they did hold Derrick Henry to eighty-two yards rushing and uh, just under four yards per carry. Um, Saquon had a huge game. He looked like kind of his rookie version. He had eighteen carries for one hundred and sixty-four yards and a touchdown, and then added six catches for thirty yards. So you know, Saquon fantasy owners were thrilled with that performance. Um, Football's dead or not dead, Giants? Um, I think football is mid for them. Uh, I don't think they're very yeah. good. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a much better year than years past. Um, I don't think yeah. they're going to make much noise. They won that game. Uh, I, I'm not sure how they won that game, honestly. I know. Um, yeah. It's weird, but Titans are good for a few duds every year. Um, this is – it came early, I guess. Um, I think Titans will be pretty good. Um, yeah. I think New York is going to finish like six and eleven. I'm I'm only going to say football is dead because like I think we're talking in terms of like overall success. So I'm going to say football is dead. It's not their time. Um, yeah, that's and fair. I don't think Daniel Jones is the one for them. So until they get a better quarterback, I'd say football is dead. But uh, gotta say, be good for Saquon, looking like his old self. Hopefully, he can stay healthy. He's had uh, yeah, kind of got unlucky with that. So um, we'll see what happens. Okay. Now it's time for what you feeling. So, Rush, what have you been feeling lately? Um, let's see. Uh, I actually had um, a Showtime subscription for a couple of months, and I watched a series called Yellow Jackets, and it oh was yeah, it was up for fantastic. some Emmys. Fantastic! That was great. Uh, I took it off a recommendation. Um, I watched it. I flew through it in like two and a half days. I don't think I've watched this series that fast. Um, it's kind of old. I think it ended in January. But uh, that, um, living in Austin, the summer's kind of winding down, but I've had a few visitors come in from Houston. So we have some friends coming in this weekend. Uh, my boy Sanch came in last weekend. And I told, I, I'm not telling him, but 
the only reason I'm talking about him is because I've got on his ass for not listening to Prem Brule, and I'm mentioning him by name on podcast to so see if he reports back to me. Wow. And if he doesn't, I'm going to hang that shit over his head in true petty fashion. So, Amen. Sanch, this is, this is for you, bro. If you don't listen to this, you a hoe. Don't ever play yourself, man. Don't Big ever play bot yourself, brand. Sanch. All right, wow. yeah. What you got, man? All right, so um, I recently had the honor of taking my father-in-law to his first hip-hop concert, <laughs> which is pretty dope. Uh, yes. So I call him dad. So dad's a big uh, like classic rock fan. So he goes to concerts regularly, but had never been to a hip-hop concert this whole time. So kind of cool getting to take someone to their first hip-hop concert. I've had that honor for a couple of friends, but this is like first family member I've had that chance sure. uh, to do for um, and we saw a hell of a show. It was a Kendrick Lamar's Big Steppers tour, so it was a yes, great sir. place to start. And uh, he enjoyed himself. Thought Kendrick was awesome. So it's all you can ask for is a cool experience. And yep. our guy, Sonny Bot, visited Ohio. Um, yep. So obviously, Sonny's a past co-host of Prem Brulee. So shout out him. But um, Sonny came and surprised my brother Vish and sister-in-law Jackie uh, for my nephew Calvin's first birthday. Um, so I kind of, I talked about this, but I, I truly don't think he'll ever know how much it meant for him to do that, uh, represent our family and come for that. He got to meet my son and um, obviously Calvin for his first birthday. So love to Sonny and uh, shout out to, you know, our nephew Calvi for turning one. Yes, sir. He's already one. It's wild. Young Kings, uh, man. Time's flying by. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's what I'm feeling lately. There was... It was a, this was an easy one um, because these are the types of things like as I'm getting more washed and emotional <laughs> in tune with my feelings, yeah, you know, gets me for sure. Gives me like the good kind of goosebumps, you know, no makes, doubt. You, makes you feel good. So shout out Sonny for that um, and getting some quality time with him here in Ohio. Yeah, uh, he came at a he came at a good time, you know, before it either gets too cold. Um, he's used to warmth, obviously, but. For sure. Cold's a different story. I, I okay. while we're talking about him, while we're talking about him, I think at some point, maybe like by the time the season's over, we're gonna have a year in review for the Dallas Cowboy episode on Prem Brulee or something. Like yeah. and have both of y'all chat. <laughs> I can moderate the whole the, thing and I'll come up with gonna questions be the for you guys to answer and we can we can do some fun out of it. We'll we'll brainstorm on this. Okay. Uh we're gonna do a year in review. It'll probably happen around October because that'll be definitely around the time the year will be over anyway for them so <laughs> yeah. yeah stay tuned for that that's a great idea i love that yeah yeah uh, and I, the only reason i was i was saying that as like make us a little accountable for what we're what we're saying on here and being like all right we gotta hold yeah. ourselves to this shit <laughs> yeah it'll be the saddest episode you guys ever watch and you know what you'll be entertained because yeah we'll, we'll put some emotional than... warnings yeah yeah one cowboys fan crying about their franchise let's add another one amen <laughs> anyway you know how we like to wrap up each episode too much sense so let's hit that intro baby okay you number one podcast listeners my too much sense for this week um is more of like a little warning so i don't know who needs to hear this but um those folks that use this type of quote conflict resolution the we don't know, need to talk about this anymore um Again, I don't know who needs to hear this, but that's not a solution to working out a problem or conflict. Uh, all you're doing is sweeping under the rug, and you can't truly heal or work out a problem that you won't even face yourself. So keep that in mind. It's hard to do. 
but don't just try to move on from something you haven't addressed. That's my too much sense for this week. It's pretty solid. It's like one of your more aggressive uh, too much sense, but I'm into it. Uh, that resonates with me yeah, for sure. Probably left over from the football's dead, so apologize for the harshness, but you know, <laughs> somebody needs to hear it. Yeah, for sure. All right, you number one podcast listeners, that does it for the fourth edition ever of Football is Dead, the earliest in the football season that it's ever been, but here we are. You number one podcast listeners, I can't thank you enough. You make doing these prem brulee episodes uh fun and make it worth it so i just want to say i appreciate you um as always please continue to share like you know subscribe tell a friend uh tell a friend to tell a friend uh keep people accountable like sanch you know see if he's actually <laughs> listening that sort of thing you know quiz people on the episode see if they actually caught it that's a good way to keep people yeah. accountable and keep people as their number one podcast in your headphones status because you don't want to lose that, you know, last thing you want to do. Um, so that does it for this brand new edition of Prem Brulee. I've been your host, Premo Bot. That's Roshan Bot. And uh, thank you as always. We'll talk to you next time. Yes, sir. Peace. I'm fucking <laughs> sick and tired of being a Cowboys fan.